it takes more than pronouncing ampersand as ampersand AMP semicolon to be a great software engineer. This is episode 306 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development and make just outrageously funny HTML encoding jokes. <laughs> yes. Never fail to, to get a laugh from the crowd. We should move on from this intro as fast as okay. possible. Dave, do you want to share this feedback? <laughs> we should move to the ampersand, oh, is it RT, the arrow that points to the right? <laughs> I don't know. But but probably we just exposed ourselves Dang to it. some kind of cross-site <laughs> scripting attack. Oh. <laughs> we pronounced the mouth sounds of HTML encoded characters wrong. Now we have an alert popped up in our brains. <laughs> yes, with a, that says simply XSS in it. <laughs> Congratulations. All right, yes, let, let us move on. We got some feedback from a listener that we'd like to share. Shall I go for it? Please. This comes from a listener named Jackson, age 39, and Elsa, age 8. Those ages will be relevant. Jackson writes, Not a question, rather feedback from my 8-year-old daughter, Elsa, who is an avid fan of the show. I like to listen to... From an eight-year-old's perspective, boring tech <laughs> and management podcasts. However, <laughs> soft skills engineering is my daughter's favorite. I asked her the other day if she was really listening or just staring out the window, and she confirmed she listens really carefully. I then asked if she understood it and if she thinks about how any of it applies to her. Apparently, she was having some collaboration challenges in grade two. They were trying to organize their talent show submission, and it wasn't going well. But Elsa has been learning soft skills. So she told the group what she thought, clearly and nicely, and didn't mind when things didn't go exactly how she wanted. She also assures me that she understands when you're joking, and promises not to call her teacher a jerk and rage quit school. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the show and the multi-generational value you produce. Thank you, Jackson. What What an amazing story. That's fantastic. I'm trying to think of something I can say that won't make that, that, that won't be dumber, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, all kinds of stupid jokes, but that's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Elsa. And if Elsa's listening, hey, great job. Don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> don't quit your family and get a new one. Right. <laughs> and also, Elsa's dad, we cannot be held responsible for any deep mental trauma. Yes. <laughs> we, we may have enacted on your daughter. Yes. I look forward to her thriving career in tech, though. Mm -hmm. Dave, I want to talk about our sponsor. All right. This episode is sponsored by Ravello, which is a great way to hire engineers for your team. You can go to ravello.com slash soft skills to hear more or to do things and wait and listen to this podcast to hear more. Yes. All right. Shall I thank our patrons? Yep. Okay. We would like to thank those people who are contributing at the Patreon level that gives them a weekly shout out. They are Memester Josh, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, Roman Code, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice, Jost, Andrew Pollock, Arun Duna, Koshakt in Ohio, Patreon.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Ola Dapo Fadigi, Will Angel, Ragnar Hardison, Timmy Garabrant, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. If you would like to join this crew, go to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And if you do that and actually give us a little bit of money, any amount of above $0, we will send you an invitation to our Slack community where you can join in the fun and festive conversations. I was thinking about how this could go. We, we ask, can I do, should I do this next thing a lot on this podcast? And what if you just said no? 
I want to ask you, can I read this next question? <laughs> and do we just hang up if you say no? <laughs> that was the end of the podcast. No, forever. you may not. Catch you next week. <laughs> well, but maybe, I don't know. You said no. I think that's it. It's over. It's just the end. To avoid that risk, I'm just going to read this next question. Smart. Or this first question. Nice job. This is from a listener. Oh, boy. Taking a risk here. Thor. I googled how to pronounce it, and that's what it said. So I'm I'm gonna nice work. Trust this website on the internet. Who asks? Hello, fellow binary smiths. I'm a Nordic software developer with about a decade in the industry under my belt, who has recently returned back to the office following a half year long medical absence during which I helped my partner get through her second tough cancer treatment in as many years. Oh, that's brutal. Sorry to hear that. I am now contemplating taking a sabbatical for some months to reset myself, as the ordeal has had a big impact on me in many ways. As sabbaticals are not common occurrence in my parts of the world, I worry about what impact taking one could have on my future prospects once I start looking around for employment again. How does one frame having a mental health gap in the career when interviewing? Are they considered a bad signal by hiring managers? Ah, yes. Hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. I feel like... There are enough stories about famous tech people taking sabbaticals to go do stupid stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? I don't know. I, I, I decided to take up bead archaeology or I don't know. I'm trying to invent <laughs> something that sounds dumb. Okay. I'm offended by that. Cellulose-based computing where I, okay. <laughs> I calculate by growing grass in specific shapes. And yes. It's got very low clock speed. Uh, <laughs> Measured in months. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is a uh, this binary adder will will produce a result in one year from now. In seven seasons. <laughs> <laughs> How's the binary adder crop coming in? <laughs> Wish I could get more uh, rain so I could get my answer. Yeah, uh, but a humble XOR switch farmer. Yeah. This is a really good reason to take a break from work. So I don't think it matters that much. Uh, but if someone asks, you have a you have a great answer for, hey, why did you not work then? You can tell them because my partner got cancer and I was taking care of them and I needed some time to recover. And then just stare at them while they feel awkward and bad because <laughs> they were hoping to ask a gotcha question, catch you out in your slackish ways. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is like the tiniest crappiest silver lining of a very horrible life event is that you have a good reason for not going to work yeah exactly a good reason yeah. for a resume gap yeah yeah you could literally just put curing cancer on your resume too curing get yes i cured i helped my partner <laughs> cure cancer it yeah. was awesome i mean n equals one but it was really really good yeah i mean you see all kinds of news articles about rat studies so this is certainly newsworthy and, and resume worthy to have done it for one person. Do, do you think there's a stigma for saying I took some time off for mental health? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being, I don't know that I would agree with the stigma, but I could see that being a, a red flag to some folks or or maybe closing off some opportunities that might otherwise have been valuable to you because the, the person doing the gatekeeping is looking at that signal. Maybe the job would be fine, you know, but... yeah. I think that one of the questions you'll uh, that you will come up against that will not be said out loud, but that will be thought internally and and maybe even discussed verbally internally, but outside of your 
ears to hear would be, okay, is this the kind of person who works a few months and then disappears for six months and then works for a few months and then disappears for six months? You know, is that, is that this kind of person, you know? And so it would probably be helpful. Well, I mean, I guess I was going to give you some mitigation strategies for that, but I think just being aware of that might help you to know that those kinds of things could happen. I'm not saying it's a good thing, <laughs> I'm, but I am saying that I think some people will think that. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, the, the question asker said they're Nordic, so there are some cultural things going on here that I don't have a good grasp on. I do believe that any any resume concern is resolved by a frothy enough hiring market. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And if, if you were in the US right now and you put like, sabbatical to bury the bodies or something on your resume <laughs> you'd be like that's fine <laughs> yeah you would you would be able to get hired somewhere <laughs> corpse disposal sabbatical or right. something like that uh, what do you think fertilizes my, my, my ex <laughs> your binary adder <laughs> it's it, it runs on the blood of your enemies is yes. that what you're saying <laughs> well i mean technically it runs on the compost that was my enemies <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's horrifying. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have a couple questions that are unanswerable by the question asker, so I will ask them to you, Dave. Is this a sabbatical from the same company? Is this a break from working for a time? Because those feel pretty different. Yeah, if it's a sabbatical from the same company, I think you can hide it in your resume very well. Yeah, you know, you don't need to say. Like, I also don't put my vacation time on my resume. Like, hey, I just want you to know I took two weeks off this summer of 2021 <laughs> while I was working at this place. Yeah. And if even if I took six to nine months off of leave while I was working somewhere, I probably just wouldn't put that there on the resume. That's a good point. I don't put my parental leave. Yeah. I do, however, record the timesheet of minutes spent looking at Twitter. <laughs> While I'm not thinking about recruiting, because minutes looking at Twitter while I'm thinking of recruiting are valuable. That's actually recruiting. Time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I start recruiting and then I soon I'm just laughing at nonsense. Uh, and everybody knows recruiting is no laughing matter. <laughs> <laughs> How does one frame having a mental health gap here? Yeah, I think I'm having a hard time putting myself in the position of a company who would look at this and think like, sign of a bad employee. If you have a a air quotes, normal work history, and then you have this gap of, I don't know, six months, a year, whatever, and are looking for a job again. If it's several years long, then maybe there could be some concern about, uh, have you kept your skills up to date? But if it's that short, I don't feel like, I mean, people are unemployed for that long. And, and mm -hmm. I think there'd be way more stigma with having a gap caused by not being able to get a job. Yeah, that's why I would just call that a mental health break. <laughs> uh, it was really hard on my mental health to keep failing these interviews so right. i gave up and became a an amateur world of warcraft enthusiast <laughs> oh i had a point and what was my point taking a sabbatical oh here's my point i think people would be jealous like in a positive way not not look at you as as a slacker the fact that you would be in a financial place to do this is pretty rad or maybe it's just a nordic thing i don't know maybe maybe the social safety net is taking care of all of your needs but either way i'm jealous and it feels like a cool thing that you get to do that i'm envious of not a a sign of your weakness or unsuitability for employment 
It's like if I found out someone had a really large exit from a startup or company they worked at or something and then just decided to stop working for a little bit. That would be rad. And I would ask them for a loan. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, certainly not in the US to me. And I don't think to most people. The, the only thing, yeah, you, Dave, you kind of touched on this when you said there might be a, a question of, is this the kind of person who disappears a lot? And I think that's where your story is really helpful, that here's why you went on sabbatical or, or uh, here's the purpose of it. Here's how it ended. And, and especially the narrative about how you have reset yourself and you're recharged and ready to go. That feels like a much more appealing prospect and person to hire than someone who I feel like my concerns about someone joining and just flaming out would be lessened if I knew that they had taken some time to reset themselves. Yeah. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. I think you're good to go. Take all the time you need and then be prepared to go into great depth on your findings in your farm-based computing efforts. (laughs) Yeah, that is like a cheater way of doing that is you go on sabbatical, but you do stuff on your sabbatical that sounds really good in an interview. That could be a fun sabbatical or a miserable one. I leave it to you. Hey, Jameson, have you heard how easy it is to hire engineers right now? Given infinite dollars, it is easy to hire engineers right now. (laughs) I don't have those. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) I want to recommend a company that helps you hire engineers in Latin America. It's called Revelo. Tell me about it. I've been hiring engineers in Latin America for the past two years, and they are awesome. I've worked with a few different companies who provide engineers from Latin America, but none of them were really great. I recently discovered Revelo. Revelo helps you find skilled software engineers in Latin America. They only provide full-time senior engineers with at least five years of experience. They don't force you to pay for things you don't need, like a project manager. This is really interesting. Their pricing is awesome because they charge a monthly fee. And you know how much they're paying the developers. So there's not a lot of indirection there, which is not common. Sometimes you get these opaque invoices and you have to figure out how much is actually going to the developer, how much is going to the the company. They do the sourcing and the vetting, and you can interview the engineers before deciding if you want to work with them. And they take care of payroll and benefits, which is great. Yeah, I highly recommend hiring engineers in Latin America. It's a huge untapped market for a lot of U.S. companies. All of Ravello's engineers speak English, and the time zone is one of the big wins. If you're based in the United States, the Latin American time zones line up really well with U.S. time zones. You don't have that painful 24-hour turnaround problem when you have a question for an engineer on the other side of the world. Yeah. I worked with wonderful engineers that live on the other side of the world, and both of our lives were worse (laughs) because (laughs) of that. Someone's always up at midnight. So this is great. Check out Revelo today. You can go to revelo.com slash soft skills to check it out. That's R-E-V-E-L-O dot com slash soft skills. Dave, do you want to read our next question? Absolutely. Here we go. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, For the first time in my career, I've been given the opportunity to lead a project at work. This was something I really wanted, and my teammates supported me. We agreed on the technical design, and I recently started implementing it. However, I've been thinking about finding another job for a long time. I'm demotivated. Each week, I feel bad about how little I get done at work. It negatively impacts my self-esteem a lot. I never acted upon the desire to find another job because I have a great manager and great skip-level manager. Recently, my manager and skip-level manager both announced they're leaving the company. I'd like to pursue an opportunity at another company that seems to be a great fit for me, but I don't want to leave my teammates holding the bag for the project I've been working on. 
I'm the only backend developer working on it, and my teammates trusted me to take ownership of it. It doesn't feel fair for me to complete the more glamorous responsibility of coming up with a technical design and then leave when it's time to do the, quote, grunt work. On the other hand, there's probably at least six months left on the, of work on this project, and the company I'm interested in joining may very well not be hiring in six months. What steps should I take to not betray my teammates or myself, taking into account that my manager and skip level leave within a month and probably won't be replaced by then? Hmm. I feel like I have a pretty solid answer or an answer I'm sure of to this question. How are you feeling about it? How am I feeling about whether I have a solid answer or not? <laughs> yeah. Well, what what are you thinking? What what are you thinking for the answer to this question? I I would let's both say it at the same time. We'll count to 3. <laughs> okay. 1, One. 2, 3. Go ahead quit. and quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> I I have so many questions for you. First of all, how dare you consider quitting? I know. Your manager and your manager's manager both left. Why would you put the company in that position of of you leaving at the same time? No, I don't, I don't know. This is yeah, this is this is quit your job territory. Also, you said you don't want to leave in this state of you did all the important design work and then you left when there's when it's time to do the grunt work. You're already not doing the grunt work. You're not productive at work. <laughs> so, it's fine. It's not going to get worse. Love someone productive working on the grunt work. Perfect. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. The most charitable thing you could do is leave <laughs> and let someone else do who's working a full work week take over. So there, there's this way of describing firing people or quitting that I've, I've heard used by some leaders, and it's phrased as, this is what's best for both parties, right? Really, it's best that this person got fired because they're not succeeding here and the company isn't getting what they need, but the person is is not happy struggling in this environment. And sometimes there can be truth to that, and sometimes it's a way to turn off the, the, the part of your brain that feels bad for people. But you could flip that around and say, I'm probably helping the company more if I leave and this gets handed off to someone more engaged than if I stay and just try and, and grit my teeth and slog through it. Yeah. If, if you're really not successful or feel like you, you can't pull it off successfully, then you're not really doing them any favors by kind of hiding that pain for a little while. Yeah, especially if it's impacting your productivity. Yeah. Also, I have only been able to quit my job when I felt this way. Part of my growth as a human I'm undertaking is how do I... This sounds like how I feel when I'm burnt out. I feel like I can't be productive and I'm demotivated by how unproductive I am. It's the cycle. And I have two plans one is to never become unproductive again perfect and my, my backup Obviously. plan yeah well if that doesn't work the backup plan is figure out how to work through this without having to like throw this job away and re recycle it and and mm -hmm. i want to practice sustainable employment so my, my point here is i'm going to extrapolate from my experience and say this could be a skill to get better at or something to to develop in yourself of, of how do you improve your ability to work through this uh this kind of stuff that's burning you out or these productivity concerns because there could be a place where your manager and your manager's manager have not just quit and you would love to stay, but maybe you're still feeling these, these kind of unproductive feelings. But still, you should quit this job. Don't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Figure out how to solve that later. Yeah. It's too late. Right. <laughs> if you had a great supportive management chain that might be a good yes. spot to work on it if only if only you're out of and actually frankly that's probably what was keeping this person at this company what 
the good management. I mean, the the question asker said. Oh, the question asker. Yeah. Oh, sure. They said, you know, one of the main reasons I stayed was because I had a really good manager and skip level manager. And and I just thought this is like the corollary to people don't quit their jobs, they quit their boss. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what if that boss quits? <laughs> the what if the boss you don't quit quits? It's like, ah. <laughs> well. Yeah. What happens is people leave. And this, you know, a lot of times people ask us, should I quit my job? I worry about leaving my team in a lurch. Actually, that's a really common question. And our answer is usually it's not actually as big of a problem as you think, but when it's a manager, it is a bigger problem, right? We've been over yeah. that, I think, in a previous question. And this is a this is a prime example. See, here you have people that were just holding on by the skin of their teeth, and you, ma- manager, were the only person keeping them at this company, and now your absence is prompting them to leave. Yeah. Hopefully, it prompts some healthy growth. Yeah. On, on your part and on the part of the company. I mean, you know, you've got a situation where you've got one backend developer. So this company has chosen to take on risk. They've taken on concentration risk on their backend skill set. They've got one person who they're depending on to do their backend work. And that puts a company in a risky situation. That's just kind of how it is. And this will make them see that probably. I mean, you know, it's just one. I'm just looking for silver linings here. But one possible silver lining is that the company will diversify their skills a little bit through multiple people in the future. And they will have learned a valuable lesson here. And you will look like a schmuck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> would, you'll, you'll be fine. There, there's a couple of good outcomes here too. One is you leave and the folks still there pick up the project and maybe it's hard for a little bit, but deliver on it successfully. Great. You have not torpedoed it. The other outcome is you leave, it fails utterly. Yeah. And you get to tell yourself, I was the only thing holding that together. <laughs> and they, they couldn't pull it off without me. Either way, you did nothing wrong, clearly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all all positive. Look, people who are the happiest are capable of weaving the best narratives. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell. if It's like partially joking, I think, but it's absolutely true. People who are the saddest are also really good at weaving narratives, too. They're just a different kind of narrative. It's like a it's like a Greek tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Very compelling Either way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, but it'll it'll be fine. I mean, look, here's what's going to happen. Your team is looking at you. They're looking at your boss. They're looking at your boss's boss, and they're going, oh, my gosh, so many people are leaving. When you leave, you'll be the least of their worries, I think. (laughs) In fact, you'll probably announce your resignation at the same day as, like, three other people on your team. Yeah. I don't want to underemphasize how much it can suck to have a valued team member leave. True. But- you are right that if one one of the biggest signals of people quitting is people quitting, as in <laughs> right attrition breeds more attrition, right? Kind of. So, so I, I agree that this should not be a shock to to folks in general. And by the way, it's not that people quit and other people quit because those people quit. That may happen sometimes, but usually people quit at the same time because they're both dissatisfied with the same thing. <laughs> you know. And so they did. They, it does tend to happen in batches when it happens. Yeah. So yeah, like don't 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 worry about it. You'll be fine. All right. I think we've answered it. I think so too. Good luck. Best of luck to you. I hope things go well for you. What should people do if they want their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. And as always, from the bottom of our hearts, we say thank you to everyone who writes in with questions. We really appreciate it. From any age, thank you for writing in your questions. There is a, I think that's the new floor for lowest age. Youngest is probably the, 
eight, <laughs> eight years old. Say that. Yeah, the lowest age. <laughs> Smallest age number. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week.